Welcome to Richard Ellis Talks with Richard Ellis. Richard's going to take the next few minutes to share some great words of hope, insight, humor, and relevance. In today's lost and searching world, that's something everyone desperately needs to hear. Speaking of that, we'd love to keep this conversation going with you anytime through our website, richardellistalks.com. In fact, there's so many ways to connect with us from there that you really need to check it out for yourself, richardellistalks.com. But right now, let's go ahead and get things off and running with today's talk. Here's Richard Ellis. The title of today's message is New Year's Eve. Not New Year's Eve, it's New Year's Eve. And I want to talk to you today about getting a new set of ears for the next year. And instead of making resolutions and you coming up with some kind of list and all this stuff that you're going to promise yourself or family or friends or work or whatever goals you're going to set, instead of thinking up all these things you're going to do, is maybe stop long enough and say, God, what is your resolution for my life? What have you resolved that ought to happen in my heart and in my life today that will change the rest of my year, if not the rest of your life, and get a new set of ears this New Year's Eve where you can hear him and where when he speaks, then you say, based on what I have heard and what God's telling me and what I'm listening to him say to me to do and to be, now I make a resolution out of that instead of just coming up with stuff and imposing that on him and saying, God, here's my plan. Here's what I want. Now you bless it, which frankly, guys, is a lot of the praying that we do. We come up with our own, we draw our plans, and then we say, now God, this is what I need your stamp on because this is what we're doing. Whether you like it or not, it's not your will, it's my will be done. And Jesus prayed, not my will, but your will be done. And that's what we need to pray. Now we're gonna go through an unusual, maybe an inordinate amount of scripture. This is not normal for me, I usually stick in one. So we're gonna go left to right, and if you can't find it, there's a tape, you can get the tape. But we're gonna start pretty much over in Psalms. Let me read you some of these things about hearing from God. Psalm 85, verse 8 and 9. Then we're going to go to Ecclesiastes, Isaiah, Jeremiah, and then we'll go to the New Testament. Psalm 85, 8 and 9. I will hear what God the Lord will speak, for he will speak peace to his people and to his saints. But let them not turn back to folly. And guys, this is going to be stuff you can use in your life. I will hear what God the Lord will speak. I'm going to listen to God. He will speak peace to his people, to his saints, but let them not turn back to folly. When God speaks to you, don't go back to your old ways. When he tells you what works and you try and it works, why would you go back to something else? But don't let them turn back to their folly. Surely his salvation is near to those who fear him, that glory may dwell in our land. Ecclesiastes 5.1. Walk prudently when you go to the house of God and draw near to hear rather than to give the sacrifice of fools, for they do not know that they do evil. You know, you can come for the absolutely wrong reasons to a gathering like this where a church gathers. He says when you go to quote unquote church, when you go to give your sacrifice, go prudently when you go to the house of God to talk to God, to hear from God and draw near to hear rather than to give the sacrifice of fools. Don't go in there just doing some religious thing and think, well, I punch the religious clock and I can go home. He says, draw near to hear, go to listen to God, hear what he has to say. Isaiah 50 verses four and five, keep going to the right. It's a pretty big book, hard to miss. The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. Know anybody that's weary? 
Isaiah says, the Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. The Lord God has opened my ear and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. Can you say that? Can I say that? He woke you up. He opened your ear. You heard it. You knew it was him speaking to you. And then the last part, or it all falls apart. I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. Now I'm going to tell you what's going to happen right here today. You here in this room and listening to this message, wherever you are, you're hearing God say something specific to you. I don't have a question in my mind. You know, it's like, God, I don't know how he does this. You know, and we're all down here with our ears. I can't hear you. La, 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 la. You know, you see kids do that to each other. Think about it. We will get out of this building. We will go out. You'll get in a car if you came in a car. And the first thing usually happens is what? That radio comes on. We got music going. That music's going. We go to a restaurant. Music's going. We have people around us. We go home. A TV comes on and sometimes a stereo at the same time. And we got music playing on a snooze button by the bed. We set it for 30 minutes so there's noise until we fall asleep so we don't have to live without some noise. Sooner or later, you got to get somewhere by yourself, you and God, and get quiet and say, God, I can't hear you anymore. Why is that? What is it you're trying to tell me? And if I just stop long enough and listen and do these simple things you're showing me. And see, some of you, it's been 20, 30 years and God hadn't changed his tune. He's been saying the same thing. And you say, well, God, I'm back. He says, well, what I told you 20 years ago hadn't changed. Let's start right there and pick up. Well, God, I'm not interested in changing that. Well, I'll see you when you get back. It's the same deal it was then. This is where you start. Here's how you go. We got to deal with this issue, this sin, this situation. I don't want to forgive my mom. I don't want to forgive my dad. Well, then I'll see you when you get back. That's the next thing. Well, God, I don't want to do your way. Then fine, I'll see you when you get back. Because you're going to be back. It'll be better to stay, though, and listen to what he's saying and just do that. All right, Isaiah 55. You won't have trouble finding this one. Isaiah 55, verse 1. There's a little bit of Christmas here. If your translation starts with ho, that's where ho, ho, ho came from. Just one ho in Isaiah here, though. All right, Isaiah 1. This is right here in the Bible. Ho! He says, ho, or try to get your attention. That's the purpose of the word. Everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. You know, this stuff seems no-brainer, but why is it when people are thirsty, go everywhere but the water? You're thirsty spiritually, go to him. He is living water, the New Testament says. Everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. And you who have no money, come buy and eat. Yes, come buy wine and milk without money and without price. Why do you spend money for what is not bread and your wages for what does not satisfy? Listen carefully to me. This is what Isaiah is saying. Listen carefully to me and eat what is good and let your soul delight itself in abundance. That's what God intends for you. Not just in a physical sense, but ultimately and primarily in a spiritual sense. Verse 3, incline your ear and come to me. Hear and your soul shall live and I will make an everlasting covenant with you. It's replete through the scriptures. Incline your ear, pay attention, come to me, listen, and your soul will live. You want to live, you're going to have to listen. And people say, well, I went to church and I listened and I didn't hear anything. You know what? He's talking all the time. You can't get away from him. If you want to know Call on him and he'll show you great and mighty things that you do not know anything about. If you'll just seek him, if you'll just call on him and listen. 
Look down at verse 10. For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven and do not return there, but water the earth and make it bring forth in bud that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. In the same way, rain and snow come down and bless the earth and give it water so things will grow. So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. Now, let me tell you something, guys. God wins or you die. One of those two things is going to happen. He's not going to love you any more or any less whether you obey him or you don't obey him. He may be disappointed. He may be frustrated. But he's going to keep on keeping on loving you whether you live in sin or not. That's the deal. But he will chasten and he will discipline his children, we as his children, when we get out of line. He will come after you. Jeremiah chapter 13, a few pages to the right. And if you go read Jeremiah, what God does with him, there's a lot of drama in the Bible. And I mean actual drama, like pantomime kind of drama, where God will either for the purpose of this prophet himself, like Jeremiah, or in other cases for people to see, they did some wacky stuff. You read the Bible, there's some amazing stuff. But he'd tell these prophets to go out and do things in a public square to demonstrate what their relationship to God looked like. And here you can go read it for context later, but he tells basically Jeremiah in chapter 13 to get this linen sash around his waist, put it in water, stuff it in a hole, leave it there. Then he told him to go back and get it, pull it out. And it was all rotten and it wasn't, didn't even look like it was supposed to look. So he went and got it out. Then verse 10, let's pick up there. Well, verse nine, thus says the Lord, in this manner, I will ruin the pride of Judah and the great pride of Jerusalem. Now listen to what he tells him. This evil people who refuse to hear my words, and what do they do? They will not listen, who follow the dictates of their hearts. If it feels good, do it. I'll do what I want to do when I want to do it. You know, that works out fine. The problem is it just doesn't work out fine. Who follow the dictates of their hearts and walk after other gods to serve them and worship them shall be just like this sash, which is profitable for nothing. Now, how do you end up profitable for nothing? You refuse to hear God's words. You follow the dictates of your own heart and you walk after other gods. Worship anything and everything but him. There are people that worship their husband, their wife, their kids, their job, their cars, their portfolios, everything, anything but God. For as the sash clings to the waist of a man, so have I caused the whole house of Israel and the whole house of Judah to cling to me, says the Lord, that they may become my people for renown, for praise, and for glory. But they would not hear. I had a plan. What are you doing with your life, which really is not even your life, it's his life, if you're a believer. What are we doing with the only life we've got? Are you making it count? Are you finding out his plan? And he says to them, I made him to cling to me, to have a purpose, that they may become my people for renown, that everybody know who they were, that they would be my people for praise and for glory. But they wouldn't hear. They wouldn't listen. Verse 15, hear and give ear. Do not be proud, for the Lord has spoken. It's like God through the scripture saying, listen. You say, but Richard, I got this promotion coming up. And if I will worship my job like they want me to, I'll make more money. And I'll have that office in the corner with a downtown view. It's going to be worth it. And you get the promotion. You get the cash. You get the window. And then you say, well, there's people up three floors above me. If I could just get up there, that's what I'm going to do. So you put a hide a bed in your a Murphy desk in your office and spend the night up there thinking that's going to make them happy. You can't satisfy these gods. 
They're never satisfied. But you can satisfy this God, the Almighty God, because he got satisfied when his son died and was buried and he raised him from the dead. Verse 17, but if you will not hear it, my soul will weep in secret for your pride. My eyes will weep bitterly and run down with tears because the Lord's flock has been taken captive. Prisoners of war, people who rebel, they hear God, but they don't listen. Or they listen, but they don't hear. And they run and do their own thing, and it's destructive. Jeremiah 25, last one in the Old Testament. Jeremiah 25, and let's start with verse 1 here, and I'll read you down through verse 7. The word that came to Jeremiah concerning all the people of Judah in the fourth year of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, which was the first year of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, which Jeremiah the prophet spoke to all the people of Judah and to all the inhabitants of Jerusalem, saying, From the thirteenth year of Josiah, the son of Ammon, king of Judah, even to this day, this is the twenty-third year in which the word of the Lord has come to me, And I have spoken to you, rising early and speaking, but you've not listened. He says them to the day, almost to the hour. I've been doing this all this time, speaking, and you've not listened, he says. And the Lord has sent to you all his servants, the prophets. He starts going down this inventory of spiritual artillery that he sent in to try to take them out and to get their attention. The Lord has sent you all his servants to prophets, rising early and sending them, but you have not listened nor inclined your ear to hear. They said, repent. What does the word repent mean? It means to change your mind. That's what the word repent, to change your mind. It means to stop saying what you say is right and what God says is wrong and start saying what God says is right and what you say is wrong. That's repent. They said, repent now everyone of his evil way and his evil doings and dwell in the land that the Lord has given to you and your fathers forever and ever. Just repent and live the way God provided and promised that you could live. Do not go after other gods to serve them and worship them and do not provoke me to anger with the works of your hands and I will not harm you. Yet you have not listened to me, says the Lord, that you might provoke me to anger with the works of your hands to your own hurt. I can't even tell you how many conversations I have. People come in my office or sit down somewhere at a Starbucks, wherever we end up, and they're crying. I don't know why God's doing this to me. You know what? Some of what's going on with you has nothing to do with God doing something to you. You brought it on yourself. You asked for it. I don't know why Daddy's spanking me. All we did was trash that one room. Did he tell you not to do that? Sure. Have you ever done it before? Yeah, we keep doing it. We keep getting spanked. You know, sooner or later, a kid figures this out. This behavior brings about these consequences. I don't want to do this anymore because it's not worth the consequences. He is going to track me and you down. He is going to discipline us because we are his kids. And if he doesn't, it means we are not his kids. All right, Mark chapter 4, New Testament. Matthew, Mark chapter 4. And you can go back and read from verse 1 on down, but let me start with verse 9 just because what he says. He tells a parable and then he explains it. But he says, and he said to them, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Now, I'm going to tell you what is so bizarre about this whole God and church and Jesus experience. I'm standing here talking. You're listening. You know what? Some of you haven't heard a thing I've said. You hear the words. My mouth is moving. You're sitting here. And everybody would say you were there and you heard the message. But some of you haven't heard a thing I've said because you can't hear. You do not have ears to hear. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Verse 10, but when he was alone, those around him with the 12 asked him about the parable. And he said to them, to you it has been given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God, but to those who are outside, all things come in parables 
so that seeing they may see and not perceive, and hearing they may hear and not understand, lest they should turn and their sins be forgiven them. And he said to them, Do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the parables? The sower sows the word, and he explains this story. And these are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. These likewise are the ones sown on stony ground, who when they hear the word, immediately receive it with gladness. And they have no root in themselves, and so endure only for a time. Afterward, when tribulation or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they stumble. Now these are the ones sown among thorns. They are the ones who hear the word, and the cares of this world, and the deceitfulness of riches, and the desires for other things entering in, choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. That's the third category. You know what? These people are getting it. And they miss it. Why? Before you ever make it and apply it and it works, you get choked out by all these distractions. Verse 20, but these are the ones sown on good ground, those who hear the word. Now, here's the way you get it. Those who hear the word, accept it, and bear fruit, some 30-fold, some 60, and some 100. Now, how do I know who gets it or doesn't get it? You know how? Right by the book. Your life will begin to bear fruit. It won't be just you anymore. When you get it and you apply it and all the distractions don't hit you, you accept it, you start to bear fruit. You start to multiply. You'll look up, there'll be people around you bearing fruit. It doesn't take long to figure out who's just religious and who's really going to do it and live it. There'll be fruit. Look at Mark chapter 12. We're almost done. Mark chapter 12, verse 28. Then one of the scribes came and having heard them reasoning together, perceiving that he had answered them well, asked him, which is the first commandment of all? And I'm going to tell you something. I missed this. I've been reading too far ahead and this hit me this week. This guy says to Jesus, which is the first commandment of all? What's the number one commandment of all the commandments? And Jesus answered and says, the first of all the commandments is... And I always left the first phrase off and jumped into the commandment. But you know what the first word is? Hear. Hear. Because if you don't hear, you're not going to do the rest of them anyway. And by the way, this word hear in the Hebrew means to listen with the intent of obeying. There are people by the bazillions out there who even hear Scripture, read Scripture. They have no intention whatsoever, no matter what it says, of doing it. Oh, what a wonderful book. They'll die defending the scripture. They just won't live by it. We need people who will read it and say, you know what? God said it. I believe it. Now I'm going to live it and let that be the proof that it works. Somebody's going to see my life and say that stuff must be true because they're applying it to their life and it works. I'm not interested in whether you can quote scripture. That's great. I want to know whether you can live the scripture you quote because that's what the world's going to see. That's what's going to change them. So he says, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. First thing, first word he said was, hear. And then he gives them the commandment. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. This is the first commandment. And the second like it is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. But the first word is hear. Listen. John chapter 10. John chapter 10, verse 22. Now it was the feast of dedication in Jerusalem, and it was winter. And Jesus walked in the temple in Solomon's porch. Then the Jews surrounded him and said to him, How long do you keep us in doubt? If you're the Christ, just tell us plainly. Well, what's the deal? If you're the Messiah, just say it. And Jesus answered them, I told you and you don't believe. I've already told you who I am. The works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. 
But you do not believe because you are not of my sheep, as I said to you. Now look at verse 27. My sheep, Jesus said to them, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. There's a recipe for you. Jesus said, you know what? If you were my sheep, you'd listen, you'd hear me, you'd know it. Because my sheep hear my voice, they respond to it. I know them, they know me, and they follow me. People say, well, I can't tell if it's God telling me to do this or the devil telling me to do this. You know, there shouldn't be that much similarity in the two voices. And let me give you a little simple advice. Usually whatever God's telling you to do is completely opposite than what you want to do naturally and in the flesh. It will be completely opposite. There's not going to be any close. Oh, it could be the devil, could be God. Oh, I just can't tell today. <laughs> my sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. Now, let me tell you something, guys. That is about action. You come in, you sit down in a church service, you go to a Bible study, somebody says something, God speaks to your heart, you know it's his voice, you know he knows you, the whole thing disbands, and you go do whatever the heck you want to do, and you don't follow him. Something's not working. What happens when it's working is you say, yes, sir, and where he goes, you go. What he says to do, you do. You follow him. You can find out who sheep belong to because they're following some shepherd usually. And we don't live in an agrarian society like they did in a, with the livestock and all these things. But this is what went down in their day. All right, I'm going to skip one and go to Revelation chapter 3. And this is probably one of my favorites. Revelation chapter 3. And we'll close it with this one. Revelation 3.19. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Therefore, be zealous and repent. And then he says this, behold, he says, look, I'm standing at the door and I'm knocking. Someone's knocking at the door. Somebody's ringing the bell. Remember that old song? Do me a favor, open the door and let him in. I don't think that's what they were singing about, but we may sing it that way. Somebody's knocking at the door. Somebody's ringing the bell. You know what? There's only a latch on the inside. There's not one on the outside. Richard will be back in a moment to wrap up today's talk. But first, I want to share a couple of thoughts with you. Let's be honest. Real life isn't about living some highlight reel for others to see. Most people have deep hurts, questions, and struggles. Well, we get it, and we want to help you in any way we can. So let's keep this conversation going. You can give us a call anytime at 855-6-RICHARD or connect with us at our website, richardellistalks.com. You can even put in your prayer request right there on the prayer wall. Call us at 855-6-RICHARD or online at richardellistalks.com. And now let's get back to Richard with a final word on today's show. He says, look, I am standing at the door. I am knocking. If anyone hears my voice, what do you do when somebody rings a doorbell? Now, I'll tell you what we do at our house. Every once in a while, the other morning, we had somebody ring the doorbell at about 715 People don't ring our doorbell at 7.15. It was around Thanksgiving. We'd been out of town for a few days. And I looked out the window in the bedroom. I didn't go to the door. And there was a young man who shouldn't have been at our front door at our front door looking around real nervously. Now, you better make sure you know who's at the door. If anyone hears my voice, you're opening the door to everybody but him. That's the problem. Turns out this guy was staking out our house to rob it. He had seen the lights on, the same cycle, nobody's there. 
And he came early just to see if somebody answered the door, see if it was absolutely empty. Now, I didn't open the door to him. But I'm going to tell you something. If you look out front, Jesus knocking at your door, you better open the door. And you hear his voice. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, then what does he say he'll do? I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. It's the most intimate thing, non-sexual thing you can do with somebody is eat with them. Something about just sitting down eating with somebody. He says, you know what? I'm not coming to wreck your house. I'll come in. I want to be with you. I want to spend intimate, personal time with you. I'm knocking at the door. You know it's my voice. Open the door. Now, there are Christians in this category that lock Jesus out, you think. You can't keep him out. He ain't going to kick the door down. He won't make you open the door. He'll make you wish you had. For some of you, this may be the most important time in your entire life. Because instead of coming up with a bunch of resolutions, you may just have to go back to the one God said 15, 20 years ago and say, you know what, God, you're right, I'm wrong, I'm proud, but I'm not stupid. I'm wise enough to know if it hadn't worked this long, it's not going to work any longer. I'll do your will. I'll go your way. You've been listening to Richard Ellis Talks. We really appreciate that you've spent this time with us, but we want to keep the conversation going with you. A couple of ways you can connect with us is by giving us a call anytime at 855-6-RICHARD. That's 855-6-RICHARD. Another way is through our website, richardellistalks.com. You can email us, sign up to get the daily talks sent to your phone each day, write on the prayer wall where we can pray for you, or even stay in touch through our Facebook page at Talk with Richard. We love bringing you the program every day, but it means even more to us when you let us know how the program has helped you. So call 855-6-RICHARD or connect with us at our website, richardellistalks.com. Finally, if you enjoy the program, let us know by your generous support. It would really mean a lot to us. richardellistalks.com. So until next time, have a great day and thank you for listening to Richard Ellis Talks.